everybody, this is Brian Zimmerman. And this is Matt Mikucci. And you're listening to Jazz Is Crate Digging. Well, hello, Matt Mikucci. Hey, Brian. Hey, everybody. Lovely to be back on a new episode of Crate Digging to talk about some of our favorite albums. That's right. This is the show where we talk about our favorite albums centered around a given theme. You know, we're kind of harking back to the days before algorithms tried to figure out what albums you like. You know, this is just real people, real jazz fans recommend, recommending the albums they love. It's kind of a throwback to the days where you go to the record shops, the CD stores, talk with your friends about which albums you should check out. Um, it's kind of a lost art these days. And Crate Digging is our... Uh, attempt to bring it back um today's theme we bring you with a heavy heart we're going to be honoring the life the legacy of chick korea today um boy matt i don't know about you but that was such a shock to the system uh when we learned of chick korea's passing last week um chick korea legendary jazz pianist died february 9th uh he was 79 years old apparently diagnosed with uh an aggressive um rare form of cancer and yeah when, when, when that was announced to the jazz world i think everyone was in a state of disbelief yeah exactly i mean he was one of the all-time greats but aside from that he was very active until the end i don't know about you but i think we talked about it in one of our previous podcasts slash video live streams uh, that during the pandemic he also was putting out videos on his youtube account which were just great and just showed how wonderful he was how full of energy he was and of course you actually had him on the on one of the live streams right we did because in addition to those live streams that he was doing, he had started a virtual institute, the Chick Korea Institute, where people could sign up and take lessons with the master, Chick Korea. You know, so even at the very end, he was still trying to help students kind of discover their own passion um, for this music that he loved and which he devoted his life to. Um, I had the good fortune of being able to see him live a few times. Um, I remember I was a young, young jazz journalist. I mean, I'm still pretty young, but this was really just starting out. I was writing for another jazz magazine. I got to see him live, his trio live at the Tri-C Jazz Festival in Cleveland. And I was pretty wet behind the ears. I thought, you know, what if I, after the show was over, I just went backstage and told Chikoria how great he was. You know, I just wanted to meet the guy. And I guess he had another date later because when I got backstage, I mean, his people were turning, uh, you know, journalists and audience members away left and right. You know, we don't have time. Sorry, Chick can't see you now. When it was my turn in line, I got up there. I said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm writing for this magazine. I would just love to say hello to Chikoria and tell him how much I love the show. And, you know, his handlers kind of shooed me away and I was turning around you know, I heard a voice, you know, it was Chick's voice. He had come out from backstage. And he said, hey, you, the journalist, come on backstage, man. I got you. Hmm. And he invited me backstage to say hello and meet the band. He knew I was kind of young and just starting out. And he kind of gave me my first leg up. So I met him. I wrote a story about him. And it was awesome. And I'm forever, forever grateful to him for that. I've seen him again and again and again after that. And I've there are a few people in jazz who play with such 
joy. I mean, I've never seen anyone happier at the piano. You know, and everything he does, it's it's he he makes it look effortless. He makes it look like so much fun. And I guarantee you, he brought a lot of people into jazz, not just as players, um, you know, as musicians, but as fans too. I can guarantee it. So he will be missed. Yeah, absolutely. And joy is the right word to describe his music. There was so much joy in his music. And yeah, uh, so much great music too. And some of it we'll be talking about on this very podcast. That's right. That's right. We have picked another impossible task here, Matt. That's right. We have picked (laughs) only three albums each from his discography. Um, You know, this could have easily been 10 albums each because he had an enormous discography and every album was a gem. Um, but we picked three, kind of tried to spread it across, you know, his career, get a, you know, nice little diversity of styles and genres in there, which is easy because Chick was a leader in pretty much, you know, every modern jazz genre. So we picked three albums each. We asked uh, our audience online to recommend some albums as well. So we'll get into those too. But uh, Matt, what do you go- say we go ahead and, and start things off? Yes, to break the ice, let's say. That's um, right. Well, I really couldn't think of a better place to start this podcast than with Chick's 1968 album, Now He Sings, Now He Sobs, uh, which was released on Solid State. Uh, This was Chick's second album as a band leader, uh, following Tones for Jones Bones. I said that right. Usually I get that uh, mispronounced. That that had been recorded two years earlier. And but between these two records, I've always had a soft spot for uh, Now He Sings, Now He Sobs. Uh, By then, of course, Chick had been playing in jazz circles for over uh, half a decade and really dazzling anyone he came in contact with. Uh, This album uh, really firmly established him as a band leader. And if you listen to it, it's just a wonderful mix of hard bop with those Latin tinges that are ever present throughout Chick's discography. And the music is performed in a trio uh, with Miroslav Vitus and um, uh, Roy Haynes uh, laying down some tight rhythm. And all the tracks on the original release are Chick's, but they're is an expanded CD version as well that I think was released in 1988 and that includes covers as well as a version of uh, Windows, which really was one of the first Chick Corea compositions to gain standard status, so to speak. Uh, So to cut a long story short, you know, anyone looking for a good place to start uh, with Chick Corea's discography, also as far as chronologically speaking, uh, should look no further than Now He Sings, Now He Sobs. Yeah, that's right. I love this period from Chick. So let's go ahead and uh, listen to a little bit of a track from uh, Now He Sings, Now He Sobs.
know, a lot of people um, don't know, Chick, like Miles Davis, moved to New York City, you know, right out of high school. He was 18 years old um, and really kind of immersed himself in everything, in, in everything that was going on in New York City in the late 50s, early 60s. So debut albums like Tones for Jones Bones and uh, this follow-up here, Now He Sings, Now He Sobs. Yeah, they're so eclectic. You know, a lot of artists kind of pigeonhole themselves for their debut albums. You know, I want to sound like this style. I want to sound like this and this. You could tell right from the get-go that Chick just had a hand in everything. It's awesome. I I love that period of Chick's playing. I inched the timeline up a little bit uh, further with my pick. Uh, You mentioned Now He Sings, Now He Sobs. That was uh, 68. I jumped ahead to 1972-73 for the second studio album by the band Return to Forever, which was, of course, led by Korea. That would be the album Light as a Feather. God, what can you say about this album? I mean, really, every track is superb um a few of which have gone on to become jazz standards associated with chick i'm thinking about the closer spain um with that kind of beautiful flamenco intro and this just like unbelievably complicated yet catchy melody um 500 miles high is a great song captain marvel is such a great song that stan gets uh would use it at the as the title of his own album in the same year, um, but this is just a, a super group, a fusion super group. There's no doubt about it. You know, Chick Corea on electric piano, Stanley Clark on double bass, Erto Marrero on percussion, his wife Flora Purim singing vocals, um, and Joe Farrell on on uh, saxophones. This is kind of a definitive fusion album, and in a lot of ways, you know, you had fusion of this period, late '60s and early '70s, that was kind of epitomized by the likes of Miles. Davis, you know, that heavy jazz rock banging a million drums, a million guitars in your ear, high energy stuff. I feel like while Chick was certainly capable of that, I mean, for God's sakes, he was in some of those bands with Miles Davis. This album specifically took fusion in a newer direction. It kind of mellowed it, um, kind of softened some of the edges, kind of settled more into the grooves. um, And it kind of showed what else fusion could do. It showed another face, another facet of fusion. And in that regard, you know, it's, it's one of the most important jazz fusion albums and jazz albums of all time. So yeah, that's my first pick, Light as a Feather by Return to Forever, 1973. Let's go ahead and listen to a track.
How'd you like that? Uh, I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So. Cool. Well, uh, all right. You've got a second pick coming up, so lay it on us, man. Yeah. I mean, again, I could have gone in many different directions for my second pick, but in the end, I just decided to settle for uh, My Spanish Heart uh, from 1976, one of Chick Corea's most iconic and acclaimed albums, also because of that cover artwork featuring Chick dressed in that matador outfit. You know, it's just uh, amazing. It's so iconic, oh, yeah. visually striking, you know. And uh, anyways, this was a real, uh, I feel, turning point, another turning point for Chick as a band leader and for jazz at large. This was the, um, the first full-length project that found him exploring the Latin and Spanish side of his musical heritage and a double album at that. And importantly, My Spanish Heart also found him integrating a lot of that synthesizer technology he had been pioneering uh, in the years prior to My Spanish Heart within a big band setting complete with a string section and a brass section. Uh, though it must be mentioned that some of the tracks do uh, feature less instruments, including the standout track Armando's Rumba uh, with Jean-Luc Ponty on violin. It was, what an amazing track. Uh, this again was one of the many uh, Korea compositions to earn standard status. And I should mention that it was composed for his father, who uh, was a... Um, a Dixieland trumpeter and band leader and who had introduced Chick Corea to music and to uh, the piano. So it was a w wonderful tribute to his father, an early influence of his. does with flamenco or latin music this was always a passion of his you know is, is just a work of art um and and he was exploring the connection between jazz and flamenco uh and the music of spain and the music of latin america right up until uh the very end uh, he had this beautiful album antidote with the spanish heart band um that i saw him perform live uh in concord california yeah, there, there really wasn't a genre of music that he couldn't, number one, master, and number two, put his own spin on. Um, you mentioned his father being a musician. Yeah, it was his father who actually introduced him to Cab Calloway, you know, the singer, the performer, the showman, Cab Calloway. That was one of Chick's earliest gigs, was performing with uh, Cab Calloway right. in his native Massachusetts. Mm. So. Um, yeah, the 70s was a great period for Chick. You know, I, I would be remiss if we didn't at least mention Crystal Silence, uh, you know, with the vibraphonist Gary Burton. Another just beautiful album. I love Chick's duo work. He is, he is a way of just connecting so intimately uh, with his musical partners. 
Um, but I'm going to actually bring us out of the 70s with my pick and into the 80s. Um, my pick is the, just the self-titled debut by the Chick Corea Electric Band uh, from 1986. This is a super group with, you know, Chick on synths and electric keyboards, Dave Weckl on drums, John Patitucci uh, on bass, his six-string bass, and uh, Scott Henderson on guitar. Uh, Carlos Rios plays guitar on this album as well. Uh, this was the first iteration of the electric band. Um, as you know, Eric Marenthal would later be the saxophone player for this group. But this, we talk about these definitive styles, you know, Chick Corea kind of being in the vanguard of styles. For me, this band, because of the inclusion of Chick and Scott Henderson, uh, especially, uh, you know, who is the founder of the fusion band Tribal Tech, this album really kind of stamps out that 80s fusion sound, which is a little bit different uh, from the 70s fusion sound. It's more electric. It's more reliant on, you know, these drum patches, synthesizer patches. You know, you go back and listen to any of the great 80s music, you know, you kind of get a sense of what I'm talking about. It had a totally different flavor from the electro-acoustic uh, stylings of jazz fusion in the 70s. But God, this album just right off the bat, it just leaps with energy. That opening tune, City Gate, Chikoria is playing these amazing kind of curly cue keyboard patterns that, again, at first blush, they seem so complicated, so impenetrable. But the more you listen to them, the more you realize how truly melodic they really are. And for me, that's just like the essence of, of Chick's playing. No matter how complicated it gets, no matter how nuanced, uh, no matter how free, this melody and this love for melody really resides at the heart of it. Because I think Chick knew that people connect with melody. They really connect with melody more than anything else. Uh, and so when he would do his free improvisations during live shows, when he'd do his musical portraits, he'd invite people on stage and play a musical portrait of them. Melody was always essential to this. So this gets this album gets awfully electric. You know, there's some MIDI, there's some drum programming. Um, again, it has that 80s electric sound. Uh, but underneath it all is this incredible appreciation of melody by Chick Corea. So, you know, God, you could really start anywhere on this album and, and just have a great tune. Gotta Match, City Gate, Rumble. They're all excellent tunes. And this band, the electric band, uh, you know, in whatever iteration, could always lay it down. This was the start of it all, so I had to put it on my list. Let's go ahead and listen to a track from the Chick Corea electric band.
High octane, man. Oh, what I tell you, man. Amazing. I love that album. I love Gotta Match. Gotta Match is one of my favorite Chick Corea compositions. <laughs> and it's another one that just has, you know, kind of became a standard. It, yeah. You know, I guess you could file it under the new standard. So many were drawn, so many jazz standards were drawn from the great American songbook, you know, musicals, uh, musical theater of the 20s and 30s and 40s. If you look at the second half of that great American songbook, you know, from the 1950s and 60s on, uh, Chick Corea's name is all over that place. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of which, you know, again, this is my uh, third and last pick, unfortunately. And I must say once again that it was so hard for me to settle on just three albums to talk about. My heart was torn between such records as, uh, hopefully I won't name one that you picked, Brian, but uh, Three Quartets is a great one. Uh, Chick's first return to Forever album on ECM featuring La Fiesta. The debut. Uh, yeah, yeah, another one of my favorite compositions of his, La Fiesta. Listen to that. Oh, that is so much. And then there was the beautiful Eye of the Beholder, another great record uh, with uh, an incarnation of uh, his electric band. Uh, So there's just so many directions I could have gone. But in honor of the joy of discovery that I think we talked about on this very podcast and that Chick represented in his lifetime, I took a look at the albums that of his that uh, had somehow eluded me for one reason or another. And one collaboration that Korea often referred to in his interviews, which I went back and revisited in these past few days was one with banjo virtuoso Bella Fleck, a legend in his own right. And uh, so in in 2007, they released The Enchantment. And it's just a unique and dialogue-driven duo collaboration between two of the greatest interpreters of their uh, instruments of choice. And uh, there is something magical about this unusual pairing of... uh, piano and banjo with no rhythm section. So uh, it just works. And they sort of find common ground in their shared love and appreciation of Latin jazz. Uh, You know, they dabble with uh, waltz vibes and more blues-based numbers. Uh, The tracks in this album are mostly original, with the lone exception of Ari Barroso's famed Brazil. But uh, this album actually earned a Latin Grammy uh, for Best uh, Instrumental Album and Spectacle, composed by Bella Fleck, was nominated for Best Instrumental Composition. And I think this is a good opening to say that Chick Corea was one of the most uh, Grammy-nominated artists in history and I think won 23 in his lifetime, which is yeah, unbelievable. 23. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in terms of the enchantment, uh, Brian, why don't we go ahead and listen to one of the tracks from the album? Oh, let's do it. just love these duos uh, with Bela Fleck. The Enchantment was a great album. I believe the other one was called Two. And you're really talking about, you know, two of the, let's just say it, two of the the best practitioners of their respective instruments in music. 
Um, what I think is fascinating about this pairing in particular is that, you know, yes, we know that the banjo and piano are melodic instruments. We know that they're harmonic instruments, but in their way, in a way, they're percussive instruments as well. I mean, you're literally, you know, hitting a string to sound a note. And I feel like the best players uh, realize the full potential of their instruments, the melodic, harmonic, and percussive aspects. So you mentioned, you know, it's just the two of them, and yet you feel like there's a whole orchestra behind them or a whole rhythm section behind them. They're just able to encompass so much musical space. Those are great albums. The duo albums with Bobby McFerrin, who again, just utilizes every aspect of his voice, uh, are incredible. If you can find it online, there's footage of the three of them, Chick Corea, Bobby McFerrin, and Bela Fleck, you know, playing Spain, you know, and other Chick Corea tunes, uh, you know, video footage, and it's just unbelievable. It's like musical ESP. Um, they're reading each other's minds. There, there's no other way to say it. Uh, if you can find that footage online, it is well worth watching. Uh, Matt, before we get into my final pick, a few online picks. Mike P on Twitter says, yeah, Eye of the Beholder is epic and friends he loves friends that was a great album and it had that <laughs> cool album cover uh, with the smurfs on it yes remember that i one? do remember that yeah <laughs> so friends was a great album that was uh, joe farrell eddie gomez steve gad on drums so um uh, yeah yeah that is a great album mike good pick uh on instagram we're getting a lot of uh applause here for light as a feather we're, we're getting I'm getting a lot of clappy hands emojis uh, for Light as a Feather. And Nick Finzer says, uh, you know, now he sings, now he sobs, as will always have a special plate in his, place in his heart. And the first acoustic band record, too. So uh, feel free to keep those recommendations coming. Let us know what your favorite uh, Chikoria albums are online. We'd love to hear from you. My final album is kind of a cheat. Okay. It's kind of a cheat here, Matt. Okay. Um, because it's from 2017, but it came from this incredible performance that Chick held. It was a it was a three week residency at the Blue Note Jazz Club in 2011 for his 70th birthday, and this amazing residence was recorded and it was released. God, six years later, as the album The Musician. Okay, and the musician came with, uh, you know, it was like a three or four CD set. It came with a three CD set. It came with uh, a documentary, uh, DVD. It came with a book um, full of essays and photos. It was a really big production. And again, it was kind of to commemorate the 70th birthday uh, by Chick Corea. But this this album is kind of reunion. It's kind of a retrospective um, of, of Chick Corea's career. You know, one that seems awfully bittersweet now because there's some people like chick you just expect you know in a way just to live forever you know and when their death is so sudden like this it, it hurts all the more so if there was a, a kind of a summation or a retrospective of chick's career this would be it i mean you've got reunions of return to forever um, unplugged, so everyone's playing acoustic. You've got uh, another reunion of uh, Brian Blade and Chikoria, and here they're playing with the bassist Gary Peacock. You've got a reunion of the five-piece band. You see Chikoria and Bobby McFerrin together again on a few tunes. You see Chikoria and the master pianist Marcus Roberts together for a few tunes. Check this out, man. You've got Chikoria and Herbie Hancock pairing up, hey. <laughs> um, doing some double piano for a few tunes, including Cantaloupe Island. 
Herbie's tune. You've got Chikoria playing with Wynton Marsalis. They don't play together all too often. You've got a reunion of the electric band. You've got, I mean, it goes on and on and on. You've got Chick playing tributes to Miles. You've got Chick playing tributes to Spanish heart bands. It's an incredible album. And like I say, you know, it's a summation of Chick's career, but you'd hope that we we would have had one, you know, two decades from now. I mean, it's just it's just so sad that he passed so suddenly. But when I find myself wanting to revisit his entire career, you know, kind of get a taste for what he did, I go to this album because, like I say, it, it's the perfect summation and it's a live album. And, and to hear Chick live is was truly, you know, one of the biggest joys in jazz. So that's my final one, The Musician. Uh, by Chikoria from 2017, again, kind of documenting this remarkable three-week residency at the Blue Note Jazz Club in 2011. Matt, let's listen to a track. Speaking of Herbie Hancock, I heard him remember Chikoria by saying that he always wanted to share whatever he had, and that certainly seems to be true. I mean, that was Chick, really. It, it, it absolutely was. You know, there there was no artifice. You, you felt totally connected to Chick. You're sitting in the audience watching him, um, you felt like you might as well be in his, you know, living room. And, and, and that he was putting on a show just for you. That was his gift, really. Not to mention when we've seen we've seen the uh, the videos online of him actually making po- musical portraits of people in his audience, uh, you know, on his piano, uh, which is just magical. Who else does? Yeah, that? <laughs> something he did on on his on his what would turn out to be his final album, plays, uh, which was a collection of live recordings from performances uh, throughout, I believe, 2016 and 2017, the United States and Europe. Yeah, that's what he'd do. I mean, he'd invite people on stage, kind of paint, you know, quote unquote, these musical portraits of them. He'd invite audience members to sit at the piano with him, whether they were, you know, uh, uh, you know, skilled and experienced pianists or complete newbies who had never played a piano before. He'd have them sit on the bench next to him and they'd play duets together. You know, he had his children's songs, right, which were kind of interpretations of classic folk-like children's melodies. 
he was just such an amazing conceptualist and really a guy who pushed jazz forward, you know, throughout his career. And 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 you know, and not just forward, but in every direction possible. He 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 made me, this music so accessible um, to people from around the world, and and just opened it up to influences from everywhere. So you know, we certainly respect him for that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, and real quick before we log off here, Matt, uh, we just got a bunch of great album recommendations from our fans over on Facebook. Uh, from Daniel, he says, Crystal Silence, uh, just beautiful, agile duetting with Gary Burton uh, and the delicate fragility of the title piece. He loves it. Yes, Daniel could not agree more. Thank you for that. David says, I'm always looking for new music and along with just starting my jazz journey. So he's just starting his jazz journey. Uh, he likes the posts uh, and he's just starting the album. Oh, I posted a photo of Light as a Feather up there on Facebook. And he says he's just starting that album now and he loved the first track, You're Everything. Yes. Oh, David, I'm so glad you're starting your jazz journey, your Chick Korea journey here. Uh, it's going to be well worth it. Good luck on your journey, sir. Uh, Joel says, now he sings, now he sobs. He loves that album favorite chick korea song is windows yes joel awesome pick elaine says up uh, everything by return to forever you agree there elaine uh now he sings now he sobs and then he has the trilogy series here trilogy uh and trilogy two yeah that awesome trio with christian mcbride and brian blade three masters of the instrument uh yeah those are great picks elaine thanks for mentioning those uh Giancarlo says trilogy two as well with blade and mcbride and beneath the mask with the electric band um two great albums from Giancarlo. and ryan wright says yeah anything with flora purim on it uh, could not agree more uh thank you uh everyone for recommending those albums certainly appreciate it and uh we hope to see more of you we hope to continue this conversation on facebook going forward um so anyway Matt, that does it for our Facebook comments. We invite you to continue letting us know which Chick, uh, Chick Corea albums are your favorite uh, online on our Facebook page, on our Twitter page, on our Instagram page. That's where you can find us. And also at jazzes.com where we're just constantly putting up new content, new playlists, new podcasts, new feature articles. If, you, if you're not a subscriber, go ahead and become one today. Head on over to jazzes.com slash subscription options and you'll be well, well on your way. All right, Matt. It was a pleasure talking to you, man. Absolutely, Brian. Thanks very much, and uh, so long. So long, everyone.